Hey listeners, Lex on the Decks here. Before you get stuck into this episode of Hot Girls, I wanted to let you know about something else you may be interested in. Though Hot Girls in its podcast format isn't releasing new episodes any longer, if you head over to my Substack, which is lexonthedecks.substack.com, you'll find more interviews and insight on gender minority artists and how to overcome any barriers to entry. You'll also get the opportunity to sign up to my weekly newsletter, Five Good Things. This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Need squad of people to do anything, even like the festivals I had um, last year. Like everyone I went to, apart from one, I went by myself. Or you go there, everyone's got their entourage. Da, 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 da. Like mm-hmm. I've never been that individual. I'm gonna come by myself, perform, and I'm leaving. I don't need a group of people to. Yeah. Nut. So I just go with my initiative. Me, God, let's do it. Hello, and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. This week, I get chatting to Tremendous. Now, Tremendous is a rapper originally from Birmingham. You'll hear her lovely, like, Brummy accent, but she's now living in London. She's recently signed to High Focus Records, which is the label that brought us acts like Rag and Bone Man and The Four Owls. She is the first female they've signed, so a big move from the label they didn't leave it this long intentionally and what we talk about a fair bit is the journey that she's had with that label and flip tricks the founder in terms of they've been speaking or on each other's radars for quite a while but creatively and artistically she wanted to be at a certain point before they brought their worlds together tremendous is a street performer originally and i think that's given her a confidence and a resilience as well which you'll probably see come through we talk about the fact that she's very comfortable going to festivals by herself going to open mics by herself she doesn't need a crowd of people around her she's good to just go Uh, we also talk about the artists that inspire her and her creative process a little bit the ep's been out for a few months now and the album's coming out hopefully later this year so i really hope you enjoy this dip into a very interesting point in the career of a rapper and someone who I think you're going to be hearing a lot, a lot more of. She's pretty special, I think. Enjoy. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls with Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. We on fire. From London for the world. Thank you for having me. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. <laughs> I also went straight into calling you true, and I I didn't clear that with you. Is that? Is that <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know me like that. No, I know. 
as long as it's respectable, you can call me what you want, man. Okay, cool. All right. I was like, it's gonna it's gonna make all my sentences really long if I call you two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, originally it was actually that tremendous lady. It was very urban, and then over time it became tremendous lady, and then it just became tremendous at the end. <laughs> then just it's very complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut off the sides. <laughs> very complicated, but now it's just tremendous. There was even like a dash in between the E and the M. Like it was just long. Just trim it down. Next couple of years, I might take up the Mendes. <laughs> just have then it will be true, and then I will have been I mean, there from the start. <laughs> you foresaw the end result. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you right? Did that. She yeah, was yeah, true yeah. way before when you guys were calling it true Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. <laughs> you went to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then that was a change point in your life where you decided to then move to London. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, a what it is about Atlanta, yeah, and also like that's such a decisive action in a really good way. And I think, you know, often when you have those moments where you feel something and you feel like you mm-hmm. need to act on them, but it's quite difficult mm-hmm. to like maintain the emotions. Sometimes you come home and then you just go back to life as it was. That's, yeah, that's literally what happened. Prior to going to Atlanta and um, Birmingham, I so I'm from Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham became a bit too stagnant for me. Um, I was just doing the same shows over and over again. Same venue, same audience. There was no growth. I was just hitting a ceiling. Mm-hmm friend decided to take a trip about two weeks two and a half weeks we went to Atlanta and stayed in College Park and while we were there we attended a bunch of open mic nights um, a bunch of events because we're English as well it it worked to our benefit and a lot of them wanted us to you know added us to lineups that were already full and oh she wanted to oh where are you from so we we even got um, accepted into like um there was doing our whole competition that um just for the fact was English we got accepted on it so that was awesome as well that's cool being exposed to something that was unfamiliar to us and like it was like a different caliber as well there was so much out there and it was just so vibrant so to to experience that for two and a half weeks straight and then come back to what we knew you know as reality it was just like yo and then after that I just felt like I stayed in my house literally for like two weeks I was like you know what there's too much out there for me to just stay here and you know I mean time's not waiting for me yeah totally and I'm not losing out on anything as well at this point employed it's not like do you know what I mean I, I know how to make money out of nothing I'm a, I'm a street performer so mm-hmm. I'm a, my job's portable do you know what I mean I don't have to stay here long story short yeah um, I'm, I moved in with a friend of mine in Allgate East for a month just to make sure it was something that I wanted to do in regards to being a creative there's a lot of um, opportunities and things that are in, in London as long as you utilize your time there so I spent my instincts moved in with her for about a month um, and literally within the last few days of being there I was like you know what let's do it let's do it so um yeah I found a place to stay got the keys and then about a week later I just moved in and I've been there for two years now hey I I haven't you know first year I was down um I just flooded their poetry scene because I rap but it's if you extract the beat it's poetry and like story Mm. so what I did is I came down and I just flooded and just saturated every event because the events down here are so consistent as well every day you know, you have a few events. So literally I was hitting up maybe like four or five a week just to build, you know, a little, little name. And it's yeah. nice nobody knowing who you are or what you do as well. Do you know what I mean? In Birmingham, because it's, it's, it's a fraction the size, everyone really knows who you are. Everyone knows what you do. Blah, blah, blah. So to be just unrecognizable, it was awesome. So I did that for like a quite, year straight. Quite like freeing, I guess, to a certain extent. Like even if you as yourself are in a place where you know who you are as an artist, it's still yeah. quite nice to come and see a totally fresh crowd and be able to present yourself. 
hundred percent. Um, so I did that for the first year. I was down here while busking as well. So you know, I busking Oxford Street, Romford, Brixton, all over the place. And then I do that in the daytime. Then in the evening, I'll be attending you know, all the open mic nights and stuff. I just built that way, really. Um, and then yeah, the second year that I've been there. I stopped attending everything and I just started just focusing on my own stuff and then the whole high focus stuff came into it as well. So I wasn't really as free to do certain things, but I stopped attending so much stuff. Like I didn't want to keep diluting my presence, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped attending it. Um, I just started just working on some material that I could actually put out for people. And yeah, did you get, I mean, I guess a couple of points on that. Like, first of all, did you find it tiring just going out like three, four times a week performing? Um, no. Or you really got pretty good. good. I've been doing busking for five years now, so I've built my, my, my self-discipline and my stamina in regards to certain things. So even prior to moving to London, I used to travel from Birmingham all the way to London, busk for maybe five hours, four or five hours, go to an event in the evening, then catch the last train back to Birmingham. <laughs> so I'm yeah. actually doing this because I, live now. I don't have to make that trick. Just think, chill. <laughs> yeah, when you're doing it for such a long period of time as well, it becomes life. It's, it's, it's not so I didn't really find it, you know, particularly difficult to to do. Yeah. And did it help you as well, I guess, like it, building an early network when you first came down, just kind of going to loads of different events and meeting lots of different yeah. people in different scenes? And I've never really been one to like latch. I don't need a, a group of people for me to go. Yeah. I don't need a squad of people to do anything. Even like the festivals I had um, last year, like everyone I went to, apart from one, I went by myself. But you go there, everyone's got their entourage, da, 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 da. Like mm. I've never been that individual. I'm going to come by myself, perform and I'm leaving. I don't need a group of people to, yeah. you know, so I just go with my initiative. Me, God, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. That's cool though, because then you can go anywhere as well. But you know, I also know other people that find it difficult to navigate and do certain things alone. They mm. only know how to go places with people. Yeah. I mean, but you can't always rely on the comfort of others, you know, to achieve certain things. Yeah. Well, I get that though. I mean, I, I used to feel, I think when I was younger, I used to feel like I couldn't be properly myself yeah. in a new environment or with new people unless I had someone from like, an old environment or old people. I think that's something I've like grown out of a bit, but I do get how some people maybe feel that way. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a strength or a freeing thing to not. 100%. Easier said than done though, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I guess probably busking and your approach to just going after stuff has probably helped that also be just a part of who you are. Because if you wouldn't have been able to do any of that if you needed. Uh, it all contributes to like my individuality and just knowing that I don't need to rely on anything for it. I got yeah, it. yeah. Well, I want to talk about your writing process because obviously when you're performing a lot, then maybe having to take a bit of a step back to just like really focus on material that you wanted to put out. Is there a sort of typical length of time it takes for you to to work on a track? Nah, it just comes when it's ready, to be fair. Um, Sometimes it will help if I'm listening to maybe someone else's project or I'm just listening to a few beats here and there. Sometimes it comes from just having a conversation with somebody and they can say something that triggers a line. So it's these various um, you know, factors that can spark the initial line. Yeah. Um, when it's ready, I never force it. I know when it's forced and I won't put it out, but it comes from different ways. I could be reading the newspaper, listening to a documentary, watching a cartoon. You know, I mean, it comes in different formats. But yeah. When it's ready, it'll come and then I'll just go off of that. Up oh, and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> just go and carry on writing it and then so when you go into the studio with the engineer then are you normally like you know what you're there to record so I'll go in because I don't like doing like one hour sessions so the shortest session I've had within the past few years is probably like four or five hours mm-hmm. so I was like going in there with a bulk of stuff to do right yeah do you know? 
So prior to that, I'll have like maybe three, four songs and a feature verse and that something else to do. So I've got enough material for the whole few hours. Like I don't really mm-hmm. like going just to do one hour or two or just one song. Like I like it being a productive full day. Yeah. And so yeah, I'll write a book material and then I'll just go book like a day session or whatever with an engineer. Um, and yeah, just get it done. So in the past couple of years, yeah. who's been inspiring you and influencing you and kind of, are there people that you look to? I guess musically, or or it might be um, might be lyricists for your poets, or people from different creative spaces. Mm, I like abnormal quote quotation abnormal people, people that you know have unusual flow patterns, are very sp- it's weird with how they you know formulate their their verses together. I like a thorough songwriter. Like I don't know, I like people. And then outside of music, I like people that just have something to say. Just tell me something. Yeah. Or, musicians I, I like the ones that are really detailed like so like like a frank ocean or mm. someone do you know what i mean like someone yeah. that's really different with how they i like i like a challenge and i like having to work things out and i like the i appreciate a strong songwriter as well mm. so it's like i don't like like mediocre stuff so it's like it's the musicians that are quite unusual or have unusual concepts or just the way they formulate certain, certain things is really just mad to me like mad patterns, mad everything. I, I just appreciate the abnormality of certain musicians, and they're usually what I'll, like, you know, that was six still, and that will like spark me to write something myself or, yeah. or just listen, appreciate it for what it is, and then just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. I don't know. <laughs> so, with her being, uh, so seven tracks, right? The EP? Yeah. Was that an easy process for you to like pick those seven tracks or did you cut a few or how did that come together? Um, prior to writing her, I had writer's block for like a year. Um, I can't remember what triggered it. I think I was listening to a project. I said to someone else, I think it was the title of the creator song or something I was listening to. Um, it triggered a line. And then from that line, the rest of the verse, you know, formulated itself. And the hook, when I finished that, next song came. Da-da-da. So by the end of like, a couple weeks or so like I had like four a good amount of songs more more than the seven but it wasn't all the seven that made it to her Mm -hmm. and it was easy to to create her because whatever didn't make it was just gonna go on the next project anyway so sacrificing anything it's just that you're not gonna hear it now you'll hear it later for example if I wrote 10 songs maybe five of them made it to her because the 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 principle of her was to create an impact because it was the first project I was putting out for the label mm. originally they just wanted me to come out with the album straight away and I was like now nah, I want people to want that album do you know what I mean so I actually was the reason they added on an extra EP with one of my requests so I just wanted something very impactful so that's why I purposely never put anything too slow or soft on it either I just wanted some hard hitting some mad flow patterns some mad lyrics some just everything the beats had to be on point and um just for versatility purpose I did put a slower track on there called sometimes but for the most part they're quite bouncy they're quite you know what I mean yeah um, had a really good reception as well I know we just run like 105,000 streams now which is awesome as well like I didn't expect it to do so well in such a short period of time because I'm independent as well I'm not used to seeing you know that them numbers like yeah. five. you know what I mean I'm used to like 100 plays here 50 views here <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. I, mean? I really appreciate it. and even just the feedback in general has been so positive from it I really can't complain man. but yeah so anything that did made it to her to answer your question um, it's just going to be on the next project anyway so now it was quite easy to be fair yeah. so yeah. the process of signing to High Focus how did that yeah. come about? Um, word of mouth you know so obviously High Focus put on events in different cities like all the time and I think Zan- uh, Flip Tricks was like um a few members of the audience have said to him, oh, you need to check out Tremendous, check out Tremendous, da-da-da. 
Um, I don't think he heard of me prior to, to them mentioning it. And I think he just went online and just saw some stuff, maybe some music videos or whatever. And he just really liked what I was doing. Um, he reached out, um, spoke on the phone. Originally, he actually asked me like a few years ago to sign to the label and I actually declined it. Um, I just didn't think I was in a position to sign to a label. And I just felt like I could achieve more independently as well. And after that, I put out two more projects independently. But after a period of time, it's like, how many times can I put in so much effort to a project and it only get a hundred streams or, do you know what I mean? 50, yeah. Thousand yeah. views. Da, da, da. And then, um, I don't know, high focus just randomly popped into my head again. You know, they say the universe works in weird ways. I think I was busking. And then a couple of people just mentioned high focus to me as well. You know, sometimes you just have to listen. Yeah, to yeah. yeah. A couple of people just mentioned it out of thin air to me. And then um, I got in touch with my manager and I was like, you know, I think we should um, bring Flip Tricks back up, you know, and just speak to him about a potential deal. But even throughout that period of time as well, different members are like the high focus um, label artists and just people behind the scenes would just keep an eye on my stuff and just message me here and there saying, oh, we love what you're doing. We watch you in the office. Da, da, da. So they always, you know, kept tabs. And um, yeah, we just got back in touch with him. And thankfully he was still interested and he was still down to have me. And um, yeah, we just sorted out, um, you know, our contract went back and forth a bit. And then we got a deal that we were both happy with and signed it. And I actually signed to them in October last year, but we announced it this year. You know, a few months ago gave them did the you tell did you tell many people before it was uh, announced uh, a handful a handful the chosen ones <laughs> the lucky ones knew everyone else <laughs> yeah, you're my closest friends um they knew um but they all just kept it to themselves and then the announcement came out even from the announcement it was a bit overwhelming i didn't expect so many people to oh she's sick like she, as an independent yeah. artist, you don't know how many people knows who you are and who yeah. you are and I know I'm still heavily unknown, but it was to see like so many people be like, yeah, yeah she's sick. So they must have just seen like old material or whatever. It was like, it was overwhelming in a positive way though. Like I really appreciated it. Man. Yeah, so, that's nice. And also because if it, it it was something that you'd kind of back and forward with a little yeah, bit yeah, through yeah. your career. So yeah. to then feel like that affirmation that like, yeah, it's the right, it was the right decision at this point in time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And obviously it's nice to experience it. And people are like, oh, what's it like? That, uh, obviously I've signed to them. The announcements come out, put the project out and now we're in a pandemic. So I haven't actually experienced shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. after, um, after the announcement though, I did go busking and a few people, um, someone on Oxford Street and someone in Romford was like, you're the guy that signed to High Focus. Da, da, da. So the acknowledge- a bit of acknowledgement came here and there. Yeah. But the pandemic came in and been in quarantine ever since, so. yeah it's true I feel like maybe I don't uh disagree with me if you if you think but I feel like they're one of those labels that has their own following as a label I feel like a lot of labels they're in the background no one really knows who they are and it's all about artists I think it's a bit of a brand yeah they've got a a solid core even as in Glastonbury as well so a few few people with the high focus t-shirts and hoodies on they've got a solid um core fan base which is really good yeah also very direct as well because I also know like a lot of my friends don't know who High Focus are but I think it's just due to like a lot of my friends for example like are black girls do you know what I mean and it's like their fan base is predominantly white males mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's yeah. also as well but I feel like they're definitely broadening out especially with the newer acts they're broadening out to a you know a wider spectrum of people and stuff as well so they've definitely got their core yeah definitely a direct niche that they have being because you're the first female I've ever signed right yeah 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 did that mean anything to you outside of just you being signed as an individual not really it's like it's it's a big thing for everybody else yeah yeah I know but so (laughs) (laughs) people that bring it up to me I never bring it up yeah 
like for interviews and bloggers and da-da-da. Everybody stuck. It's like a big thing. I understand why it would be a big thing because we've been going for how many years they've been going for, and it's always been males that they've had. So you know, it's irritating for it to keep getting pushed to the forefront, you know, all the time. But at the same time, I'm just gonna utilize it and you know, use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, like, yeah, yeah. You know? I think that's what you have to do, though, because I totally get it. Like, yeah, I am that, but I'm also just me as an artist, like every other artist yeah, is, like yeah. signed on that label. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if that's the reason why you're going to check out my stuff, because, oh my gosh, it's a girl, da, 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 then I will wear that. And check it. <laughs> Utilise it to your benefit, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's irritating to, to constantly hear, but at the same time, I expected it at the same, you know what I mean? It would be, yeah. it would be you know, abnormal for, for no one to bring it up. It would be, you know, wouldn't yeah. be realistic, you know? And at the same time, like, it's nice because then when other women then join the label, you'll be able to yeah. be like... You'll have been part of it, but <laughs> you'll have the, the, the others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But thankfully as well, though, a lot of their core fan base don't really highlight it that much. Not, it's not as much people as you think. It's more so interviewers that yeah. highlight um, their audience. is just like, yo, she's a sick rapper. She's a sick yeah. Rapper. A few that do say, oh, it's first girl. Da, da. But it's actually just more so just interviewers that bring up the whole female um, side to it. And so, yeah. I suspect as a label they're fairly hands-off but I did I did wonder whether your writing process or your whole creative process has changed at all as a result of being signed in any way you know what prior, prior to, to that I was speaking to Verb, Verb to hear about this and he was like it was a mutual thing because it was going through my head as well like do I alter obviously they've signed me for what I can create but I'm also aware of their core fan base so it's like do I alter my sound a bit so it's I know what they like in it. So do I alter it a bit to cater them to them? Or do I just carry on creating what I like and just hope they like it too? Do you know what I mean? And Verb was even saying to me on the train, it's like, it was like, are you going to kind of, you know, adapt to the, the high focus kind of sound or just, mm. you know what I mean? And I, when I think about it, obviously Xander signed me because he likes what I do. I like what I do. So it's like, though strategically, I could, you know, bend it a bit to give them a bit of their the hardcore boom back or their hardcore da, da, da. for the most part as long as I like it they'll like it yeah you know I, mean? I feel like he signed me because he knows I can bring something different to the label and just as an artist in general and I'm not really afraid to experiment with different things and new things so I'll take the chance I'll still give you you know the stuff you're used to but at the same time I'm not solely going to give you that it's boring to do the same thing over and over again yeah 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 so I, I, I'm willing to, you know, jump on maybe a reggae tune or do a rock tune. You know what I mean? Yeah, just like play about with a few different things. Why not just see what I can I can deliver throughout my period of time on the label? Yeah. So, yeah. Do they have producers that you've worked with as a pro like since then? Yeah, most of the producers I've worked with are from the label. I've got artists or just producers that are like attached to the label. Um, outside of them, I think I've used maybe two of my own. Um, one's my manager and another guy's called Luke, uh, Lopez Luke who's my friend from prior to nothing to do with high focus but for the most part the producers that I've used are from the label I see, I see the difference you know no disrespect to the previous producers I've used but I definitely see the caliber difference and even like when giving them back the vocal stems how they tweak the beat mm. to cater to certain flow patterns or they add instruments here and there but with a lot of the producers I've used before however the instrumental set up it would stay like that when yeah. I keep vocals are back like it don't change do you know what I mean but for them to adapt it and add certain things to further elevate the song as a whole yeah like, I wasn't used to that but to hear it and then hear the end result is awesome that's so, really interesting I suppose that's probably an experience thing as much as anything else they're probably just a bit more seasoned the yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%, yeah 
but that's cool that's nice and then nice for you now now looking to the album have you set any sort of dates and stuff in place for that or just when it's ready when it's ready you know and because of yeah. the whole you know pandemic <laughs> kind of slowed there's everything. no rush <laughs> pushed everything back but this year though I can say this year yeah it's quite good to have that as a project to work on through this weird time because I think for like yeah. most people in the industry I mean like you were kind of saying earlier but it's like so much of your I guess busking you can kind of still, can still get outdoors but there's not really anyone there but for so many people it's been such a shame because like touring and festivals and I know a lot of the fun has been stripped away I know I know so you have to you have to make light of a, out of a bad quote bad situation though you know so I was saying I just utilized it you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, all my stuff's cancelled, shows are postponed, da, 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 what am I going to do? And I'm like, Sean, you got a whole album to write. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got yeah. shit to do. <laughs> about that? So, um, yeah, after after the initial shock factor of it and just, like, doing nothing, um, I thought, you know what, nah, let me let me actually utilise my time um, that I've got free. Because I know um, I've been in Birmingham for the past couple of months as well since this all happened. Um, but I know if I was still, like, normal life, um, performing busking da, 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 I wouldn't have had as much time to focus on this album and I don't think the sound would be the same I don't think the songs I've created would have been the same because it would have gone across a longer period of time of me working on it and you know when you can't fully focus on something because you're doing other things I feel like because I've had so much time to solely focus on it I've properly got to listen to it as a project know what's missing because in the earlier stages it was cool but I knew there was so much mi- missing and it's like, there was a bunch of like softer tunes and I was like, nah, I need, I need a balance, I need a bit of variation. Da, 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 da. But I was able to, you know, message producers, producers have time to send me this. They have time to use because everyone's on lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like the pandemic and the time off has helped me create the entirety of the album. Because now when I listen to it, it actually sounds like an album. Do you know what I mean? I've never yeah. before I put EPs and I put a mixtape and I can hear the difference between this one and, and the, them ones as well. But it's because I put so much time into it, I can properly analyze it for what it is, and I can hear that it is an album now. Yeah. But that's thanks to time. That's so nice, and also just nice for like your your kind of career growth and your like trajectory. Like it, sh- it should feel like that. It should feel like, oh, yeah. this is like a level on from other stuff. But as you say, time and life kind of can get in the way a bit. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. When you're looking at creating an album, do you try and? Did you think about kind of theming it or wanting to tell a story through the album or did you just kind of isolate the songs or the tracks? Kind of like with my early material, I never knew how to rap without forcing a story in it. So I didn't know how to just write lyrics that had no start, middle, end. Mm-hmm. Um, like my early material, especially the mixtape, it's one long project, which is all connected by a story. One to 17, it's all connected. The first and um, the earlier projects I did as well, they're all story based. Nothing was ever just random lyrics. Um, but with this project now, yeah, because I was thinking there's so many different, you know, ways I can go with doing it. And I was like, I'm not going to do the whole story thing no more. Within some of the song- songs are stories, but for the most part, I just wanted to make some 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 sick shit. So you've got just some some bangers. You've got some that are um, have a lot a deeper meaning to it. You have some that are um, continuous factors throughout it are um, you know family dynamic love pain just talking shit on some of them it's quite versatile and then production wise as well it's versatile which it wasn't before so I've got some of the I've got a rock tune on there I wanted to push boundaries and do stuff that I haven't really done on previous material as well so you know like I said I've got like a, a rockish kind of tune on there I've, I'm singing a bit more on this one um you know there's some slower R&B neo soul kind of songs on there there's some hardcore hip-hop songs and there's some boom bap on there so it's quite diverse and there's a nice variation on it as a project 
um, yeah. I think it's really cool and really nice that you can flex and do like different kinds of sounds. But when you first start, like, have you sung for a while or when you do that, were you like, can I do this? Is this okay? Was there any kind of like question mark in that? I'm not a singer at all. Like I can't just go on stage and sing a ballad. Like he would be very out of tune and and I'd get booed. But I know how to use my voice on my vocals. Uh And a lot of times people don't even know it's me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I pushed it more to the forefront with this one just because I wanted to, to elevate my previous projects. I always have to out, outdo myself. And if I can't outdo it, it has to be as good as. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with this one, um, vocally, I'm, I'm actually happy with how the vocals sound on this one. I'm, sing, I'm, sing, I'm singing quite a bit behind my main vocal. Yeah. On a lot of these songs, and it's more so like the, the, the softer songs on this one. Nice. I just want to hear it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, and play, but can't. And you can't hear it on this. So you have to go and check it out later. Um, I wanted to uh, talk a bit about visuals and videos because I noticed that like, one of your early videos, um, Extraterrestrial Girl, you was a thing that said you d- directed it yourself or co-directed. And I wondered how much that side of things interests you and whether you like being actively involved in that or you're quite happy just being hands-off in the in the kind of video process truth be told i co-direct every video it's just that my name's never in it (laughs) my earlier videos everything was me the video treatment location the the, the, the concept it's all my ideas um there's a few videos that where um especially oliver whitehouse who did my section red videos which is like only time you love and lisp he took the the lead in regards to them once i'll give him him credit on that but for most of the other videos it's always been my vision it's always been my ideas my concepts but um me and oliver whitehouse and he's he directed a couple of my green screen videos so half action and half barbie Mm -hmm. um and a few other ones we meet each other halfway and just create a treatment and we just bounce off each other um idea wise but with all my videos i've had a say in you know concepts have we the direction I want to get, the angles I want to get, da, da, da. it's just like my name really in co-director. I just give it to them because I don't know how to edit videos or how to work the camera and stuff. That's why my name's not in it. <laughs> ideas of it, 99% of the time come from my head. Back to busking and performance. Are there lessons that you learn from busking about that you've been able to like carry forward to like other kinds of performance or do you perform in a different way when you're in different places? So, I, so I'm self-employed. I've been self-employed for five years now. <clears throat> I've been busking for five years. So that's been in between, you know, gigs and commission work and stuff. Busking has been my main source um, of income. And what it's done is it's, um, you know, improved my stamina, clarity, deliverance. There's a lot more pros to busking than there are cons. Obviously, here and there, you're going to get the hecklers. You're going to get people to say, turn it down. Um, but for the most part, you know, you're getting paid to just perform. You know what I mean? You're but, getting paid to practice, basically. Yeah. It's, it's literally non-stop practice like it's impossible for you not to not get better over time as well because you're doing the same songs you start delivering it in different ways mm. i mean your mind starts working a bit different you're thinking about something different while your mouth's still rapping that song so it's definitely improved that it's improved you know confidence um skill set as well there's a lot of pros that have come from doing that because like you said it's like practicing four or five hours a day four or five times a week for five years yeah it's impossible for you to not get better your lyrics like they're rich and there's such depth to them. Do you ever forget them? <laughs> <laughs> not really. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's a bit harder than some people's lyrics where it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Like, it's, the thing is, I've never been diagnosed with it, but I do think I, I am autistic. And just the way I see words and the way words just, I, I visualize them and create them in my head. The patterns of them, it just makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So as I'm writing, and the thing is, I remember lyrics very fast while writing them as well. So when I'm writing it, I'm going through it as I'm writing it over and over again, over and over again. Over. Mm-hmm. So by the time I finish the song, I know the first three quarters of it. Do you know what I mean? I'm ready to perform it live. Okay. Um, and then with busking, obviously I'm reciting it over and over again. So because I'm reciting it over and over again, when it's time for a live show, I know what it is because I do it while I'm busking all the time. Yeah. Again, I'm practicing four or five hours every day, four or five times a week. It's just nonstop practice. Yeah. So you ain't going to get caught out? Nah. And it's <laughs> solely nerves. It's not because I don't know the lyrics. Nerves. Nerves will force you to forget them, but you yeah. know them. You know it. Yeah. Nerves will. But do you get nervous? Because I would think that after all the performing you've done, you probably don't get so nervous anymore. Depends on the level of it. So it's the build. It's you, when I'm actually performing, I'm not nervous, but it's the build up to it that I don't like. Up to yeah. This day, I don't like the build up to a performance. I don't like knowing I have the performance. I don't like waiting to go on the stage. I don't like doing the sound check. I don't want to be there. I just want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's always going to be, but I think it's because I care as well. Yeah. Well, it's all the pressure of it. Totally. Of that. So like last year I did festivals. I did like 11 festivals and I did um, Leeds and Reading Festival as well. So with the Leeds, because the stage is so big as well and, and the audience is, it's, it's huge. And I didn't have in-ears neither. So I'm listening to the music through the speaker. So the even though I'm listening to it, it's not, I'm not hearing it very clearly. Uh, yeah. So um, I was nervous in that, but that is because more so the platform that it was on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But with like normal, normal performances, like the underground shows or, you know, just the normal little open mic shows or whatever, whatever. I don't really get too nervous, but it's when it's, it depends on the platform that it's on. Mm. You know what I mean? But it's just the build up to it more so than the actual performance. During the actual performance, I'm fine. But the build up to it, I hate it. Yeah, I think you I'm just like just get me on, and then it'll yeah, be. I always hate it as well. Like it's just it's not my thing. I'm doing it. Like I have no complaints. I love interacting. I don't really interact with them, but I love doing live performance. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing I need to work on as well. Like my 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 connection to the audience because it's like I'm not really talkative. Like you know, people that know how to string there. It's it's not. I, I'm fine to rap the song, but to then transition from that song to the next song, we're talking in between. Mm. And, bit that for me so <laughs> yeah but then again maybe that's partly because of like the I mean maybe it's just a personal thing but maybe it's just because of like the the structure structure and the depth and the kind of yeah lyricism of your songs versus yeah. if it's just like a vibe song and then you just yeah. kind of switching to another vibe song it's like y'all having a good time <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever people say in the middle it's definitely something I want to work on too though like I want to be an all-around great yeah community. yeah down packs and no one can call me on yeah it's a good performance yeah but she don't really interact with the audience you know, <laughs> something to say yeah, you can't say shit it's true actually do you know what's really nice I think um I saw um I'm gonna get her name wrong even though she pronounced it multiple times Rachel Chinari I think she spoke about the songs between the songs and yeah. kind of opened up about herself and that was actually really nice um I hadn't really seen that done too much before and yeah, I felt yeah. like that was quite a nice way of I don't know engaging with yeah. the crowd but also keeping about the music yeah, it's one of them. I think because because I vary between like poetry crowds and like hip hop crowds, like yeah. it depends as well. Like I'm more likely to do it for a poetry crowd because I don't, it, you have to gauge it and see which crowd's going to be receptive because sometimes people don't care about yeah. the imagery and shit. They just want to hear the songs. And then with certain crowds, they want to know more about you. So it's gauging it as well. And it's usually like the softer kind of crowd that you can get away with just telling your backstory in your life. Yeah. Like, without getting booed <laughs> they actually want to listen versus a yeah. hip-hop crowd who are like shut up <laughs> next song in it so obviously i've taken the shut up approach to everything <laughs> 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 Yo. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. We're recording this with just really the week or the two week period after the Black Lives Matter protests, and everybody's focusing on those. And it's definitely made me think more about the fact that we all have a voice and like what to use it for. And is that something you think about as a writer? And I'm not asking that in any kind of a lead. <laughs> no, it sounds like I'm like, so you have a voice. So what are you going to use it for? <laughs> but do you think about that? The influence that you might have through your lyrics? Yeah, 100%. And it, it's pressure to, to be an artist as well, because it's like a lot of my music is, you know, I'm not a down your throat feminist, but I 100% do believe in equal rights for women. Of course, I'm a woman, a black woman at that. And say, I'm bottom of the barrel. Yeah. I'm also aware that I don't want to be, you know, performing songs or have a bunch of content out where I'm just chatting shit. Do you know what I mean? When I'm just talking no substance, or I'm talking about like, like a lifestyle I hadn't lived or I'm promoting the wrong things. Mm. I mean, but then certain, when I'm writing certain songs, I just want to talk crap. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot up to take on, but for the most part, I do, you know, when I pass away and my music's still here, what did I say? Do you know what I mean? Whose life did I help? What advice did I give to that person? So I do want to put, you know, I do want to have a positive impact on people's lives where I can. But at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want you to look at me like I'm an idol, an icon because I still fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want that much pressure and baggage on me. So take what you want from me. And if I helped you, then I'm grateful I did. I don't I don't I'm not here to save everybody you know what I mean but some of the chat shit stuff is probably quite good <laughs> yeah everyone, everyone can relate to that <laughs> right as well that's like the quick flow pattern and da, da, da. sometimes I just want to say chat shit <laughs> yeah. let me say it <laughs> yeah I know exactly what you mean what is I've got some kind of like 
you know, career questions for you. What is the best piece of professional advice you've received? If it stands out. So I killed the MC from Jurassic 5. When he was doing his tour and stuff, he was like, just don't expect. Just don't expect. You know, sometimes when you think you're entitled to something, this should happen. Just don't expect it. Yeah. Don't expect that performance to go great. Don't expect the sound to not cut. Don't don't expect, just accept and just whatever happens, work with it. There's all you can fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like don't ex- expect everything to be great. So because the minute it fucks up, it, it messes you up that much more. Mm. I think he was just trying to mean like, so for example, I'm doing a live performance. I've gone into it. I've done a, a great line. No one's responded to it. No one's gone, whoa! <laughs> hasn't got a wheel up, da da because I expected it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, because I expected it and no one did it, I'm pissed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally know what you mean, yeah. Just like, don't expect, accept. That's what you yeah. say. Yeah. I think that's really good advice because it allows you to keep going. It's basically yeah, yeah. what it is. But at the same time, don't go out there and just think it's going to go, go shit. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> don't expect it to go shit either. <laughs> He's, he's just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just go with it. Whatever happens. Okay, just like, don't expect, accept. I was like, you know what? That's deep stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, that's the best advice as well because it sits with you and it comes back to you at various points. Yeah, 100%. It's true as well, man. Something can always go wrong and it probably will. But it's good with live shows as well to, 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 to gauge because like, when shit goes wrong, you know how much you can endure. So for me, for example, like so much things like my mic's cut. One time um, at a festival, the guy played my song at the wrong tempo. So I had to do double time to a double time. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Like a buckle, like so much stuff's happened. But it shows you how much you can endure because you get through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would, And it's like unrealistic for, for shows to be great all the time. You yeah. know, crowds where there's no reception at all. Like no one's feeling. They're not, 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 they're not feeling it, but there's like stiff crowds, very stiff. Mm. You have to work to get the movement. Like there's so much stuff, but I, I like to an extent when things go wrong because it, I learn from it and I learn, okay, this is not happening. Let me, da, 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 da. It's kind of like a challenge. I like the challenge of it, yeah. making it work regardless. There's a comedian, I can't remember who, but he has this quote that I like love and I go back to and it's like, my favourite failure is every time I've ate it on stage because I woke up the next day and everything was still fine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I really like that. It's like, it's fine. What's the worst? That's how great or how shit something was. It was just a moment and it's past now. Yes. It's 100% true. You know, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's just a moment. Yeah. It's like life. It's just a collage of moments, regardless how great or how shit it was. It's past. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and then I wanted to know what kind of milestones are you sort of setting in place for yourself? Um, just to keep expanding, you know, as a brand and just to keep pushing my name out there, to be fair. And um, I want a lot, quite a lot more international, you know, booking mm. and gigs and stuff. I want some collaborations, some big artists. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. For the period of time I'm going to do music. Like I want as much as possible. Yeah. You know, I say, I just want to stay here and just get big. No, I don't, you know, I want shows in Europe. I want shows in, you know, abroad um, in America. I want shows in you know, Caribbean, Africa, like, just want to expand Asia, yeah. you know, expand as far as I can go to see where I can take it, to be fair, you know, and have fun while doing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there, um, are there artists that you would say in your mind are like greatest of all time, dream collab? Mm, if you ask to Ability, Andre 3000 is one of my favourite mm. uh, rappers. 
I've never heard a weak verse in his entire back catalogue of music. I find him very intriguing how he constructs his, his you know, his his verses together as well and his flow patterns are they they're interesting. Like I like unusual and I like very intricate things. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's one of them. Like I like analyzing his stuff. I'd love to collaborate with him. I'd love to collaborate with Frank Ocean. I'd like to collaborate with singers. So I'd love to collaborate with Ari Lennox. Um I like good songwriters. Mm-hmm. So I like Ari Lennox. I'd love to collaborate with Scissor. Like some I like I like solid songwriters for me. It's like what are you saying to me? I don't care about his aesthetic appearance, none of that. I just, yeah. what, I'm, what am I listening to? What are you what telling me? Yeah, what's the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lauren Hill as well. Woman wise would be awesome to collaborate um, with. And yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, Lauren's like such a rare gem, I think, in her ability to rap and sing at the same level. And holding, yes, to holding both to such a high top tier, like caliber of talent, like it's crazy. Because yeah. when people sing and rap, they're better at one blatantly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But to do to both equally as impactful, it's like you're actually just not real. You're actually and um, Martian. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you know? I think she's just a real perfectionist, though. I think yeah. she just like is obsessive about what she's delivering yeah, and kind yeah, of both. Yeah. I think she's just a crafter, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her ability is crazy. But yeah. like, yes, as, as a lyricist as well, like her her verses and stuff, they just. And her voice within itself is just so powerful and impactful. Mm. But I feel like women in general, like especially women rappers, even if they're not that great, just the voice alone is very powerful. Like, uh, like I'll, if, if there's a song playing in the background and there's six people on it and only one woman on it, I'll naturally listen to the woman. Not because I'm a woman, but I don't know. It's just some power in it. I'm not sure yeah. what it is. I, I just, wonder. I wonder whether that's because to break through as a woman, you have to be like so much better. <laughs> like maybe so the one to get through I don't know if you're like a Meg the Stallion fan but uh, there's this old video of like when she first came out and there's like 20 guys that all spit on this like 20 minute long video in Texas and she does a verse and you just it's like no one else should have bothered (laughs) yeah I like Meg the Stallion I do I do Um, but yeah I, I totally agree I think it's like it's a good time for women in hip hop though I think there's you know, there's a drought and it feels like that drought is starting to mm-hmm. slowly come back. I definitely see the increase. But I think, you know, it's it's, it's pushed to the forefront as well because the, it's a significant drop. Like when you compare females to males, so it's like when there is one, oh, there's a girl, da da da, da. But I think if there was equally as much women as there were men, the whole female thing would get diluted. I think it's just because there's never a lot out at one time. That's why it's always pushed to the forefront as well. Likewise, like, especially as a unit, man, if women come together, like, so powerful together. So yeah. powerful. Um, have, you ever, have you ever done any battling? Nah, you know, there's a period of time where I was actually contemplating it. But then I was thinking, because type of music, what I want to be known for and remembered for, it's not battle rap. It's not tearing someone down like that. Mm. I didn't do it in the end, but I could. <laughs> but I could. <laughs> I could, but it did cross my mind. It did cross my mind, but nah, it's not something I want to be known for. But, but I could. Yeah. Tremendous. Thanks so much for, for being so open with us. I wanted to ask kind of where can people find you on the internet if they're looking to like hear your stuff? Where's the best place to go? Yeah, visually, um, YouTube has all my music videos out from the start to the most current. And then audio wise, it's on all digital, you know, streaming services. So like Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Google Play, Amazon. Yeah, and hard copies of this stuff are, if you see me busking, I've got hard copies. And 
Oh, um, if you go on High Focus's website as well, or just on the bio, the the link in my bios, you can purchase like vinyls and tapes and CDs of um the the most recent projects as well. I'm gonna have some merch and stuff dropping. Yeah. As well, so just put tremendous into Google and everything will just come. Up. Everything will come up like magic. <laughs> Do you? Are you on social as well? Are you active on social media? I've got um, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook, YouTube, and at it's tremendous. So that's I T S T R U E M E N D O U S. Yeah. That's are you still? Um, are you still managing those? Like, if people DM you, will you read them? <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I, I manage everything, but sometimes I, I feel like I'm stitching you up right now. <laughs> Don't yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near that big to not be answering my own shit. But sometimes I read it, sometimes I won't. Depends on, depends on the weather, depends on my mood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting to us. And um, you said you don't know 100% when the album's out, but it's going to be this year, 2020. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So look out, people. Follow. Yeah, cool thanks so much for listening everyone (laughs) and we will see you next week (laughs) thank you Is a stupid marksman. Did it at a mark, dead in your marquee. Sashing rugas in cornflake boxes while working part time in his local supermarket. Hula hoops are compressed in the car seat. Hula hooping contest, but who's arguing? Old African lady shutting jar off rice. And a yardy father planting plotting. A marijuana in a student's garden. A marry one of your students if you can take the bargain. Kilos of the queen's throne all might shove your kilos. And that ski slope that we can go to bargaining. Uh uh-uh, uh, no bartering. My ego's too wide for the island, your grandma's pharmacy. Go and wait outside. As far as I can see, there ain't no space outside. The coast is clear. Let's hijack the whole school. The register's odds. Let's make a toast, my dear. And then get away in the... The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.